All right. Wow. Good morning, Four Oaks. It's Wednesday morning, January 24th, 2024, year of our Lord. Pastor Paul here for this Wednesday installment of our pastoral devotionals. Now, we've had some, uh, how shall we call it? Bill Clinton would call it bureaucratic snafus. I call it technological snafus. We thought we were broadcasting live yesterday. We weren't but we recorded it and then we posted it. And anyway, in, in the hubbub of everything, I'm not quite sure where we left off yesterday, but we're gonna wade back into our passage here in Matthew and get cracking, as my friend Joe Godfrey uh, would say. So the setting here, of course, is Matthew 15. And Jesus has ventured into Gentile territory for the first and only time in his entire life and ministry, and he proceeds to heal a Canaanite woman. And this, of course, would have gotten the um, attention of his readers, Matthew's readers, who were primarily Jewish, either Jewish non-Christians or Jewish Christians. And there were all sorts of issues here, right? With Jesus, first of all, venturing into Gentile territory, and then he is engaging with a woman, a, a Gentile woman. Well, the, 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 the Jews have seen nothing yet um, when their purported Jewish Messiah steps to the plate in this passage. He has something that will blow all of their minds in store. So let's read the passage Together, we're going to start in Matthew 15, um, 29. Jesus went on from there and walked beside the Sea of Galilee. And he went up on the mountain and sat down there. And great crowds came to him, bringing with them the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others. And they put them at his feet, and he healed them. So that the crowd wondered when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled healthy, the lame walking, and the blind seeing. And they glorified the God of Israel. Then Jesus called his disciples to him and said, said, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And I'm unwilling to send them away hungry lest they faint on the way. And the disciples said to him, where are we to get enough bread in such a desolate place to feed so great a crowd? And Jesus said to them, how many loaves do you have? And they said, seven and a few small fish. And directing the crowd to sit down on the ground, he took the seven loaves and the fish, and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied, and they took up seven baskets full of the broken pieces left over. Those who ate were 4,000 men besides women and children. And after sending away the crowds, he got into the boat and went to the region of Magadon. Now, I think one of the things we mentioned yesterday, but I can't remember if we did, but I, I'm going to go with it, is that this is the second feeding of people uh, through the miraculous um, uh, creation of bread by Jesus that we find in Matthew's gospel. And the first were to the feeding of the 5,000, and then secondly, here's the feeding of the 4,000. And of course, the primary thing that distinguishes these, um, these miracles, although they appear to be the same, is their audience, okay? And so one was, the first were to the Jewish people. Their Jewish Messiah was doing uh, miraculous things. But now we have the Jewish Messiah 
um, doing this same miracle for the Gentiles. And once more, the reason we know that these are Gentiles, and again, part of what we're trying to do here in these pastoral devotionals is sort of give us, give you, give me, give us some tools that we can use in an ongoing way to interpret and translate the Bible. Um, there's a couple of things. Number one, look at verse 29. Um, we know he's already in the, in the region of Tyre and Sidon. And it says in 29, Jesus went on from there and walked beside the Sea of Galilee. And it's helpful if you have a map, okay? And so, so when you're reading the gospel stories, very helpful to have a map of ancient Israel, Palestine. Um, and usually your study Bible will have one, okay? Or you can now, of course, easily find those online. Just Google it. And, and you will notice that where Jesus is, and he's walking down the shore of the Sea of Galilee, this is the area known as the Decapolis, okay? It's, it's thoroughly Roman, Greco-Roman. And you can see on a map that on the northwest shore, this is this is not Israelite territory. It's 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 all Gentiles. Okay, so that, that that's our first clue. The second clue, um, look look at verse thirty one. It says, "And they glorified the God of Israel." Now that's interesting. That's not how Jewish people um, referred to God. Okay, he was the one God, the holy God, but the God of Israel denotes that while they were. Um, you know, um, inundated with all of their many um, re religions and gods, okay, this Greco-Roman area, the Decapolis, that instead of worshiping those gods, they worshiped the God of Israel, all right? And so, so that's, that's a clue here, right? Pretty obvious clue that these, in fact, are Gentiles. Now, in addition to... Um, to to the if you're again if you're a Jewish reader reading this story and you come across the story of the Canaanite woman, you might in the end have been able to to tolerate that story, right? We looked at it last week. That uh, Jesus, he said very Jewish Messiah things, right? I came only to the lost sheep of Israel. Um, don't let the dogs don't give the food to the dogs that you would give to your children. This would all have resonated with them. And then he sort of under compulsion, heals her, right? So, so they, they might have been able to tolerate that, but this, this part of the story would have sent the, the Jews over the edge, okay? Because let's look at what happens here. Um, first of all, um, when it says great crowds came to him, bringing with them, laying them at his feet, these are people Jesus is coming in close proximity with, I mean, intimately with, touching. Um, they are at his feet. They're surrounding him. These are Gentiles. And not only, is so, not only is Jesus in an unclean area of the world, he is around unclean people, okay, re religiously speaking, but they're not just any Gentiles. They are those who are lame, blind, crippled, mute. That's important because remember, in the Old Testament law, um, there were many ways of being ritually defiled, ritually unclean. And coming into contact, if you were the priest with an imperfect sacrifice or an imperfect um, uh, human who had a defect or a disease or an ongoing crippled condition, 
all of these sorts of people were considered unclean, ritually speaking. It was, again, to denote this idea that God was holy, the people were not. And so actually some, many different kinds of Jewish people were barred from coming into the temple area, okay, because of their leprosy or because of their uncleanliness or because of some deformity, all right? So, so you see the picture here. So not only is Jesus in Gentile territory hanging out with Gentiles, he, he's in close, the close intimate proximity with the ritually undefiled. And then finally, it shows him breaking bread. And as any good Jew would know, you don't eat with Gentiles. You don't go into their house. They don't come into your house. But here, Jesus is doing the most intimate thing of all with them. He is sharing a meal, okay? And of course, interestingly, this is exactly what the early church was fighting over, right? Whether Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians could share table fellowship. Now, wh wh where is all this leading us? Okay, I think this is meant purposefully to be a shock to the system, to remind the Jews that several things. Number one, Jesus didn't just come for Jews. He came for the whole world. That's something that Matthew's going to make clear to us um, at the end of his gospel. And he drops hints along the way here. Um, secondly, it was going to be a reminder, okay, that no one is outside the grace of God. Um, they would have looked at Jews as, as unsavable, I'm sorry, Gentiles as unsavable apart from them having a whole cloth conversion to Judaism and all the rituals and laws. And Jesus is simply saying, those are not what make people clean. What's unclean is the heart. And this would have really, I think, just pounded out their sectarianism, okay, and reminded them that, that God has a heart. He has compassion. Um, the word there from, from from the deepest part of the heart or the bowels, right? So so a wholehearted compassion Jesus has for them. And again, God's heart for all people. Now, one of the things that we want to take from this is that who are we in the story? It, it's easy to think that we're the Gentiles. And in, in the one hand, we are. We are those who've been far off, who've been brought near. But in reality, in the context, we would have been the Jewish people, the religious people. Because I want you to think for a minute, when you think about all of the evil, um, wickedness, uh, defilement in the culture, people who don't know um, God, people who blaspheme his name, people who um, attempt to deconstruct the truth, who are propagating worldviews that are destructive to people's souls and our children and all that. What is your attitude towards them? Well, maybe it's anger, maybe it's it's disgust, right? But Jesus is reminding us, right, that he has come not just for the religious, but for the irreligious. And here in 2024, uh, what a great opportunity to be reminded of this. It, it promises, unfortunately, to be a pretty probably divisive year, right? lot of lot of cultural clashes, lots of anger, lots of resentment, lots of fists raised. Um, but Jesus, as believers, calls us to a different path. He says, I want you to look at the world 
and the chaos and sin, and yes, even persecution happening around you, and I want you to have compassion. Those people are like sheep without a shepherd. They are blinded. And so um, how we engage them, of course, is kind of a different, different devotional, a different sermon. But it begins with God stirring a heart of compassion within each of us for those who are perishing, right? It's hard to reach people you're angry with. It's hard to share the gospel with people you're angry with. It's hard to pray for people that you're angry with. But yet what we see here is that Jesus has compassion and may it be so with us. Okay, so we will pick back up here on Thursday morning and we will continue to work through this passage by looking at the specific miracle itself and why that has particular importance in this context. All right, let's pray. Lord, we need your grace, we need your heart, we need the eyes of Jesus to see people as you see them. So Lord, um, break our hearts for the lostness that is around us, compel us to pray, compel us to connect, to reach out, to share our faith, and um, we are just your servants, Lord. So expend us on behalf of those who don't know you. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow.